You have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. Best intro ever. Best intro ever. This is Jesse, and you're listening to Got Till Five Wrestling Podcast. And I'm opening the show because it's that's what I do, and I'm really good at it. And this is going to be the best one. Hello! <laughs> Proud of yourself on that one, are you? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the best intro we've ever done, I think. 48 oh, episodes that, in. That's and that, it. That's How many the episodes peak. in? 48. Welcome to episode 48. 48, and we finally nailed it with God. a good intro. Gosh, it's just getting depressing at this point, isn't it? Just hand me the reins, mate. I'll deal with this. Okay, what are we doing this week then, Jesse? Talking. Cool. Is that yeah. as far as you're taking us? All right. Women. Welcome, everyone, to the God to Five. My name's Max, <laughs> by the way. Uh, this week, we are doing top five women's matches. So from across the wrestling world and spectrum throughout history, we'll be looking at the best matches that involve the women. And Good we... old women. We need right? them. We've also got an interview with one of the uh, fastest rising stars on the UK independent scene. He'll be joining us in just a second. But I don't want to be rude to you, Jesse. How are you? How's your week been? Quickly. I'm good. Uh, went to Amsterdam last week to work on a show um, for a chap called Gilbert O'Sullivan. Now, if you are under 50 years old, you won't know who Gilbert O'Sullivan is. But he was a good singer-songwriter from the 70s. It was a sold-out show. It was good. Um, but it's a long drive to Amsterdam. It's a long um, way, isn't it? Long way. But I went through a bit of France, Belgium, and Holland, obviously. And it was nice. People, Hol- Holland, Polish people, what are they? <laughs> Netherlands, Dutch. Dutch? Uh, um, yeah, Dutch Mantel. Um, Dutch people are fucking lovely. Really, really nicest people I've ever met in my life. I, I could agree with that. I've only ever been to Rotterdam, but when I was in there, absolutely lovely. They were awesome. So, more Dutch people, please. Um, how was your life since last time? Uh, good. Like, I, I feel like I'm on the, the boring spectrum compared to your Amsterdam. I think my highlight was I went to the hospital and I've had my shoulder checked. So that was Oh, fun. yeah? How is it? Like an old man. Uh, it's healing. And I asked the doctor, I was like, so, wh- so when can I wrestle again? When can I get back in the ring? And he just goes, oh, I don't think that's a good idea. May- maybe wrestle lightly. And I was like, how do you wrestle lightly? I think the fact that... Um, I think, yeah, um, I'm with the doctor, quite frankly. <laughs> Anyone else would be all right, but uh, you're a walking, um, you're a walking shoelace. <laughs> well, you got a British strong style. I'm going to bring in a British soft style. British that's, soft style. That's going to be my goal. When you're in the ring, it's like someone's just poured some soup into the middle of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> High quality Heinz, though. Let's be serious about it. Well, yeah. Okay. Come a bit on lucky. now. <laughs> Should we, should we crack on with the show? Should we get to the content that people actually care about instead of our soup-related puns? Oh, everyone's turned off. It's just that <laughs> And also, don't forget, wrestling fans, if you head on over to powerslam.tv and sign up using promo code GOTTILL5, all one word, uh, you get a 30-day free trial with promotions such as IPW UK, Bar Wrestling, Riptide, CCW, Defy, OTT, Rev Pro, and many, many more. You get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from around the world for free for the next 30 days with the promo code GOTTILL5 at powerslam.tv. That's five the word, not five the number. If they can't figure that out, Jesse, they don't deserve a free trial. Well, I don't deserve a free trial then. (laughs) Did you fuck up a little bit? (laughs) I made mistakes. You might have done. 
Let's bring on our guest. We always like to bring on the best of the best that we've got on the British scene. And this gentleman, I've had the pleasure of seeing him perform on a number of occasions now. Places like Riptide. I was last saw him when we were at Pro Wrestling Soul, which is where I got to meet him. I was like, hey, come on our podcast. And he was a bit like, mm, I don't know. Is Jesse going to be doing it? I'm not, I'm not so keen. I'm the draw of this podcast. And it's a shame that you're the one that always has to ask people. <laughs> I've got no re- re- retort to that. He, he's uh, he's already sickly good, and he's going to be everywhere even more than he already is. It's the one, the only, the OJMO. How's it going, bud? It's going great. It's going great. How are you guys? How's it? Hey, Doing that lovely. was anticlimactic. Should we give him a round of applause, Max? Yeah, I know. Introduce him again. Uh, I ain't doing that whole bit again. I can do the name. It's the OJMO. Hey! Oh, he's even had his own sound effects. I like it. Yeah, I had a little bit of just piped in, taped smackdown. (laughs) Crowd noise there. How dare you? They would never resort to such dirty tactics. No. 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 Never. Not even. Not even. So I always like to to start these interviews off by getting to know like a little bit of background about you. We always want to know how this all kind of came to be. So can you remember... Because I want to get a completion, because we always ask this to every single guest. Like, what was the first match you saw? Do you remember? Oh, oh man. Trying I, to find I, the weirdest one. I can't remember. I, I, okay. The first memory that I can think of of a match is... I, I, here's, here's the weird thing about the answer. I know that I've, I've been watching wrestling my whole life, but... I just don't. I have, and I have weird, spotty memories, such as like being told to go to bed when um, the very first hand the cell match was going to happen. Nice, because that's a terrible time my, to go to bed. Which I mean, I mean, yeah, I wanted to watch it, but my parents were adamant. I mean, it's the first one, but they were so sure it was. I guess it was promoted so well to be so violent that I was definitely going to bed to for that match. <laughs> but the very first match I actually remember that I have a memory of seeing was um the triple threat i think it was at SummerSlam 99 with um triple h stone cold and mankind nice I, I remember being up and watching that live and i and i remember jesse ventura being the ref but i had no idea who he was i just saw a bald guy in stripes and because i was a big fan of ace ventura for <laughs> some reason i kept calling him jesse the ace ventura i remember that vividly I just remember Mankind winning the title. Nice. And, uh, Spoilers, Jesus. Oh, sorry. If you're following. <laughs> oh, darn it. Well, now I've got this, uh, this image of um, Ace Ventura as a referee, and I just can't get out of my head now. Ah, that would... I, I can't believe it hasn't happened. That'd be fantastic. That would be yeah. good. Jim Carrey's um, sort of lost his sanity enough recently to probably agree to do it as well. I mean, exactly. He already did the Andy Kaufman film. Yeah, so, right, exactly. There's a link. But yeah, yeah that's exactly. the first memory. But I know I've been watching wrestling before then. In like, I started to like watch some Raws from back in the day, just out of nostalgia reasons. And I remember stuff that I'm seeing from like a 98 Raw or like a 97 Raw. And I'm like, I definitely, just like spotty memories. But I'm like, yeah, okay, I remember that. I remember that guy. I remember this guy. I remember definitely that happening. But but ninety nine SummerSlam that's the first match I remember watching. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a solid place to start. You know that that's like peak peak Attitude Era. 
PWE. Yeah. So yeah, solid choices. I don't oh, remember. Yeah, I think the weirdest one is still Spike. Spike's like uh, first ever match involved Shane McMahon, and for some reason that got him into wrestling. So it's going to be hard pressed for us to find one Jesse that kind of beats that one. That's true. My first match involved Shane McMahon as well, but um, it was also Kurt Angle. So exactly. Was this was like oh. Shane McMahon. Uh, no, it was <laughs> Shane McMahon versus. I can't remember his name now. It was a complete no name. From Steve his... Flatman? No, no, it was. What was no, his that's stable? Not a no name. He said a no name. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I know. I'm just assuming Max is an idiot. <laughs> Again, I have a cough, Jesse. Do not make me laugh on this podcast, otherwise, I'll sound like Muttley. Sorry, deadly serious. Deadly serious, folks. Come on. Nice. Yeah, that's a solid choice. And you've been with it ever since. Did Have you ever had like a lull period where you've gone away no. and something's drawn you back? You've always been there. I've always been watching, and then like I've I've always been, and I've had like a, a vivid memory of watching wrestling, everything from two thousand onwards, everything from the Armageddon ninety nine when Triple H and Stephanie aligned, when it was like the match where it was him versus Vince, and then Triple H and Stephanie hugged. Literally from that moment onwards, I have a vivid memory of every of watching Raw and SmackDown every single week. Wow! Till today. That's amazing. I don't think I've met anyone, whether they're fans or wrestlers, that are that religious about it. Have you, Max? No, like, I'll admit I've taken, like, a a month or two here, like most people have kind of done, where you get a little bit burnt out by it. But, yeah, never to go kind of, like, solidly through. It's impressive. Yeah, I don't think I know anyone. So what, um, what transitioned you into wanting to wrestle? How old were you? Where did you get started? Oh, man, so... Bit of a backtrack. I remember wanting to do it. Uh, pretty much, it's one of those things where, like, as, as a kid, you're like, you want to do it because it's fun, and it's like you look at these guys and you're like, oh, they're like superheroes or the coolest people ever. So I want to do that, and I can be that. Um, and I would, I think, the way I would express that would be creating myself in every single like video game, <laughs> every single wrestling video game I'd create myself. Definitely. And then, uh, but then. I think that was it. Like, oh, so as time went on, like I think everybody does it when you create yourself. You sometimes you don't create yourself as to like what you actually look like. You create yourself as to what you want to look like. And then when it comes to moves, you're like moves that you'd never even imagine you'd be able to do. You're just looking for the coolest moves in the game. You're going to need to give yourself the corkscrew shooting star presses of the move. But then as as time went on, to like as years went on, I started to. Again, I'm like in my teens, but I'm starting to think of a move set and think of moves that I would actually be physically capable of doing. <laughs> and I was starting to actually develop a move set based on, okay, I can do a neck breaker. I can do a moon soul, I'm sure. And then it just it just slowly became a realistic move set. And I was trying to see if I can fit my attributes as well, settings to people in the roster and be like, okay, so I don't know. So Christian has this amount of strength. I probably have less strength than him, but if I was in the roster, I'd be around his levels. So I'd intricately, as years on, think more and more in depth about if I was actually a wrestler. And then it came to a point where, like, I went to a live, I went to a couple live um, roars at the O2 in London. And, um, I mean, nosebleed seats, very far away. Um, The first one I went to, like, Bret Hart was there as, like, the special guest GM when they had the special guest hosts. But, but they were far away, and it's like you're like very much away from the action. But then there was one event I went to in Brighton in probably like 2014, maybe. And uh, 
I was like fourth row and I was just I just remember thinking I'm too close this this is too close to the ring I need I need, I need to do this now <laughs> it's there it's, <laughs> it's right, right there. there it's right there and like there was like and this is not this is not <laughs> this is not me crapping on them but I remember the thought process going through it was the Jack Swagger versus Rusev match I believe and I was so close watching them having their match and I remember thinking okay I can definitely do that I can definitely get to that level at some point in my life I know I can and then, and then I mean it was main event by Cena and Ron's in the tables match and I saw a table bump and I was like okay I don't want to do that I want to make sure I only stick at the, the swagger and the Rusev in a normal singles match um, and it was actually like around that time that I think I started just googling like wrestling schools timidly just to try and just to appease myself I guess but it was only until end of 2016 that I actually messaged um, Knuckle Arts which was at the time the projo of the Progress Wrestling School just saying hey I I don't think I'm like in shape or in TV ready shape, but do you think I'll be like, you know, just a stupid, a stupid message. I wish I could pull it. I probably can pull it up. It was on Facebook messenger, but like, it was just such a stupid, stupid message. I don't think I'm TV ready, but do you think I could be a wrestler <laughs> or like, you know, my, my physique isn't up for it. And then the message was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, yeah. And, <laughs> and, um, I didn't message back like, I didn't. I was going to say for months, but no, I didn't message back at all. Like they said, like yeah, you could do it. There's no problem. But then the WWE um, UK Championship tournament got announced mm. around that around like November December time, and uh, it was either the day before. Yes, it was. It was the day before. I got a message asking, "Hey, are you still up for the uh, joining the beginners course?" And I had enough money to put a deposit, and I remember just. I was out in public and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I just, I paid it on my phone right there at that moment. I was like, yep, I'm obviously going to do it. And then yeah, it was the next day they announced the UK championship tournament. They had the picture on WWE.com of the title. And I was like, that is a beautiful championship. And I was like, man, well, no better time <laughs> to start. So I started training in January of 2017. Nice. Amazing. And you've made like, hell of progress from that point on in, in such a short amount of time um because you've gone you've done progress rev pro um championship at battle um riptide all over the place really uh has there kind of been a standout moment for you so far uh i i'd say ah oh, man there's, there's so many but um the, the, the wembley would probably be the most standout moment for yeah, me yeah i guess wembley wembley will do <laughs> yeah, it's 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 an easy answer, but like, yeah, to compare it against all, all the other shows, but like to to say that like I've wrestled at Wembley Arena, is just a weird, a weird thing to be able to say I've achieved in this amount of time, mm. as well as ever, especially when I was like, it was kind of on a whim that I said like, okay, I'm gonna actually decide to be a wrestler, and then a year and a bit later, I'm I'm in Wembley Arena with like. All these wrestlers are some of some which I've wrestled before, some which I've been watching, and and my trainer as well, Daryl Anders in the ring. I'm just like, and then there's like nearly five thousand people just watching me. That's, we're very little. That's mad. That's <laughs> insane. I think uh, I think you are because it was the the battle royale right at at, at the start. Yeah. Of the show. yeah, yeah. So I think you're like the fifth person from that match we've had on here. 
So I think, Jess, we need to make a goal to get every single one of them on here. And we'll ask them the question, yeah. what's your standout moment? And they'll all go Wembley. Yeah, I and, imagine they will. And like, you know, I, I know some people might think, oh, yeah, but it was a pre-show. Or like, it was about oh, war. Like, it's still Wembley. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Wembley. And then I also think of like, there's so many wrestlers who have come before us that have laid the groundwork for like a for an independent promotion in the UK to get to a Wembley show that haven't been able to even perform at Wembley yeah. that would love to. I know that for a fact. That like there's like people who are like, Yeah man, I'd love to work there and like and it's surprised that they haven't. But then here I am, random random dude that has. So like I'm making sure that it's not lost on me how important having a spot on the card of Wembley is. Yeah, definitely. It's as you say, there's so many people that that would love to kind of work that event, and uh, as you say, you, you got to work with your trainer of, of Daryl, and because um, when we were at Pro Wrestling Soul, the main event was him versus Johnny Kidd in a, a British Rounds match, which is available on their Twitter page, by the way, and it's an absolutely fantastic match. And then that's how good the scene is at the moment that you can go to a library in Wimbledon. And see like Daryl Allen and Johnny Kidd and stuff. It's 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 insane. Isn't it nuts? <laughs> it's the it's the best thing. Yeah, like that. Um, <laughs> that could happen. Yeah, just like there's books around surrounding the fans in the ring, and then there's wrestling <laughs> in Wimbledon. Such a such a weird venue, but a very cool venue. Very cool. Are you are you at the next uh, Pro Wrestling Soul show? Have you been announced? Yeah, you've been announced. Yeah, lovely. yeah, by you. Excellent. Yep, I'm on it. I somehow won a VIP tickets to the next show. Don't know how that happened. Oh really? So, uh, there you go. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there, cheering you on. Don't you worry. Um, so that's your standout moment. Have you got kind of like a favorite wrestling-related story? So some of that may have happened in the ring, backstage, on the way to a show. Is there anything like from that aspect that stands out to you? Oh man, there's just so many. We asked the hard questions like... here at Got Till Five. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. I can tell. There's so many. There's so many stories of like being on the road or just traveling around, being wrestlers <laughs> that you're just laughing your head off. Some of which can absolutely also not be repeated in public. Well, yeah. For risk of <laughs> Jesse knows all about that, don't worry. Yeah, there we I... go. Um Yeah, go on. Well, did you do you have a story, Jesse? Oh no, as you say, nothing that can be said publicly. But um oh, if mate. you if you could see if you could meet me, you'd just be able to look into my eyes and know that <laughs> <laughs> Oh right. Okay. Um I think my favourite I guess oh, one story is when I went to Italy. The Rising Sun. I went. We. I went with uh, Mills Mayhew and uh, Curtis Chapman. Mm. It's the lads on tour, uh, so to speak. So I'm just picturing those two and calling it lads on tour. But go on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> had uh, like, and then like, we had like a good time because like we got to like we got to we got to be in Milan for maybe like a day or two before the show. So I actually got to like enjoy the city a bit and just walk around, do nothing related to wrestling. The place that we stayed was nowhere near the town center. So uh, at night, we uh, it was a house, kind of like an Airbnb kind of deal, but that the, the promoter had us hooked up with. But the thing is, like, we didn't know how to get out of the... we. So we wanted to consume alcohol, three of us who are above the age of 18. Of course. Um, and uh, we were like, well, let's go find some. And so it was raining in Milan around this time of year and we decided to climb out of um i think we climbed out of a window and uh, we left it open because obviously we need to get back in yeah. and we were in the rain roaming the streets of milan and just looking for a shop that sold alcohol 
And we were out there for like an hour and we couldn't find any. But then we remembered that we had brought like, I think like some, it must have been some rum. So somehow we ran back into the rain, back through the window and consumed a lot. And then we said, oh man, there's definitely got to be another shop because we finished the bottle, which we probably shouldn't have done. And um, we finished the bowl, and then we said, oh, we've got to find some more. And then we went back out in the rain and climbed over a fence to get... And by the way, I had just recovered from my broken wrist. So nice. climbing fences and climbing out windows wasn't an easy thing to do, especially in the slippery rain. But I did it because apparently I'm a raging alcoholic. Yeah, nothing's going <laughs> to stop you when you're in that mindset. That's it, yeah. Uh, and also, um, before that show, I was facing a guy called The Greatest... I don't know if you've heard this story. Um, I don't know if you've heard of The Greatest. I was just going to say, is that his full moniker, The Greatest? His wrestling name is The Greatest. TG wow. for short. Nice. <laughs> if you want to. And uh, he wanted to... Uh, I knew. I saw, I, I'd heard that I was wrestling him, so I was like, okay, let me do some research on him. And then I saw his finisher move, uh, which is the Vertebraker. I haven't taken the Vertebraker before. Yep. Um... What doesn't help that 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 little uh, factoid is the fact that TG is a I don't know he's probably a five seven five seven man in his looks like his late forties if I'm being generous. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I'm a lot taller than that, and I'm thinking he's gonna crush me. And I think I spoke to him about that before the match, and I said, uh, "Yeah, this is the day before the show." We put the ring up the day before the show, get out of the way. I spoke to him about it, and I was like, he was like, oh, it's, it's a, no problem. Uh, I'll just put you in, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll show you how to, to be in position for it. And I was like, okay. So he'll just carry me and lift me up to be in position for it, so I know how to take a vertebraker. And so we did. We were in the ring. He set me up. I was inverted in his arms, hooked for a vertebraker. I was like, oh, okay. So then he'll just kind of like hold me there, and then he just drop me. Then he said, um, tuck your chin. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then all of nowhere, he just dropped. <laughs> Jesus. And just dropped me with the vertebraker. Nice. Out of nowhere. How uh, that feel? <laughs> with that much notice. It was, I was in hysterics. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's the only way to describe it. Because Chapman and, and, and Maverick, they just saw it from the outside on the corner of their eye. And they lost their mind too. Laughing. Because they couldn't believe that I just received a verbreak when they were just there, just sitting outside talking, maybe just about trivial things, and I'm there being dropped on my neck by a 48 year old, five foot seven Italian guy that thinks he's like Hogan. Brilliant. What are the Italian fans like? Are they um, good crowd? So that crowd, I think that was like their biggest draw because that was a show that had Will Ospreay on it. Oh, um, cool. So Osprey came down, it had like Adam Brooks, uh, Jonah Rock as well. So like it was an import heavy crowd. Ashley Dunn was there. We were like, so it's like five people that like us, us, like Ashley Dunn, me, Chapman, Connor Mills, Maverick Mayhew. We're like imported, but we're not the draw. But then you got Will Osprey that's there and he's front and center on the poster. And that place was packed, and they were they were rabid for his for his match, and they were they were up for for my I had two matches actually that day, and like they were really up for it. Um, so like yeah, it's like a cool. It, it's such a it's such an interesting thing. It's like it's like they they've got like access to Progress and Rev Pro, 
and PWG, and that's all the wrestling they watch. Right. And so they know the conventions of how the crowds are for those shows, so they are doing what the crowd are doing at those shows, and they want to see the wrestling that they see at those shows. So you pull out Canadian Destroyer, you're the best wrestler in the world. They love you. But um, but I had so much fun there. So much fun. Nice. Yeah, it's awesome. interesting. You forget about, like, obviously you think of WWE, you know, um, touching the world and everything and U- European countries and things like that. But you don't think of it. With streaming, anyone can watch anything, can't they? I don't, I don't really think of other countries watching things like progress it's and mad. things like that it, it, it's like yeah. people can go to powerslam.tv and use promo code got till five <laughs> it's crazy right exactly yeah because uh, i saw recently at rev pro you wrestled uh chapman so i imagine you guys are quite close was that a fun match to kind of work with a friend absolutely yeah we i mean i've been wanting that match for so long singles match so both of us have probably me even longer than him because um we kind of actually became friends by that Italy trip. He was the cruiserweight champion at the time. So, like, I just remember sharing the room with him as he had the title. And I'm being like, man, I, do you... I remember, actually, I remember asking him, what's it like to get booed? As, as be, be a young underdog champion that's getting booed. And uh, but, but, like, um, but yeah, we really, we really became close on that trip. And then we kind of, like... Uh, just like we'd always try and hang out um, at a show whenever we were on the same show or I'd try and come down to a show that he's on to help out or he'd come down to a show I'm on and then like from there I, I just picture man what can I'd love to wrestle for Rev Pro I'd, re- I'd love to wrestle in the cockpit and my ideal situation would be a singles match with Chapman for my first singles match and it happened and so like we I, I was really I'm really happy with the match and he said the same thing and like I think we had loads of fun and I think I've still got like a kind of like a scar on my neck for how many times he slapped me in the neck. But that's what you do with that's, your buddies. That's what you do. That's what friendship's all about. Exactly. And you yeah. mentioned about um, when he was getting booed and stuff. You are now getting booed yourself as the as the battle pro champion, right? How how's that? How's that feel? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's interesting because like I've been at the at the time of recording this podcast, I've been champion for i think 70 days i'd like try like to count it um i should probably go to cagematch.net or something but i think it's 70 days and um i my first title defense is tomorrow ah, okay. so i was gonna uh, say my... you're being a bit confident because because i always ask for for a promo pick from wrestlers so we can put it up on on the artwork and stuff you sent me a promo pick with you with the battle pro championship what what happens uh-huh. what happens if you lose it you're gonna make us look well, bad <laughs> No, it's gonna no, be our day, man. Let's not. Okay, we'll just edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just put someone you holding someone else there. Okay, that works. You know, like when you watch when you watch old wrestling shows and they put a hotline up or whatever, and it's yeah, no exactly. longer active across the. Number. We'll just we'll just put that across the belt. Just, just blur it. Yeah. <laughs> That'll work. So like, I mean, like uh, the cash in was like the first time I got booed. When like, I actually like cashed in a briefcase that I won in a uh, like. A Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank ladder hybrid match. Because I watched that and they they did boo you. They went in, and that must be yeah. pretty nice. Because you're like, I'm doing my job right here. If I'm getting this kind of reaction, especially, yeah. especially at a family show, right. there was some <laughs> bombs being thrown. That I've never. Heard. Um, I remember just picturing it for months and months and months how it was going to be, 
and then like when it was the day that it was happening i was like man <sighs> at least i mean my reaction is i'm doing what i'm doing and then when i'm in that ring it's i'm just terrified and also shaking because like it felt like an out-of-body experience what was going on and the reaction that i was getting and what i was doing so like it's, it's a new it's a new venture um this and, and i'm and it's going to be like it's completely like alien territory what i'm doing at battle pro but i'm, I'm excited to to keep doing it and to kind of just like be the main focus of a promotion which is cool yeah and mm. see i can like by i see if like by my me being the main focus i can up the the you know like the prestige of the title the even like the the name of the promotion if i can like get it out there more by me being champ that's kind of my goal yeah and that's, and, uh, that's but i think that's what everyone's attitude should be when when they're the face of the company it, it shouldn't be about you know i'm the champion it should be how can i help elevate it so it's a really cool kind of attitude to have towards it well yeah because the better i mean the better it looks the better the promotion looks the better i then in the end look and everybody else on the show looks and if it becomes a place that people want to wrestle like i, I want to my my one of my things is that I'd love to be just a guy that people want to wrestle. Like they they'd look at me wrestling, they mean, I'd love to have a match with you. And then if I'm a champion of a promotion, then they would want to have a championship match with me. If I'm the if I'm yeah, if I'm like, hey, I wrestle here as the champion, then that'll be have more people want to come to Battle Pro. And I want more fans as well as wrestlers to be interested in coming to be a part of Battle Pro. So that's my plan. Exactly. And my first match. Is against Johnny Storm Ooh, tomorrow. Nice. Interim. Well, good luck with that one. And you get to be a dick, and who doesn't love being a dick? Yeah, right? 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 I've, made, I've made a good career off that. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, like, I I, I think I, I think I always am when I'm in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been cheered. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, all right, I'll take that. But this is the first time where, like, my actions have gone too far. We're like, all right, yeah, you're a, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Best way to do it. Uh, and also, I want to quickly talk about your finisher because cause you do some awesome high-flying stuff um, and, and some great, great moveset. And then your finisher is a single-leg Boston Crab, which is quite right. an unusual finisher for someone to pick, especially in like modern independent wrestling. What, what made you go single-leg Boston Crab? That's the one for me. I, I have an older brother. And we would also wrestle when we were kids. Ignore the don't try to sell home adverts. I mean, just to be fair, we stuff to each other, so don't worry about that. Okay, well, <laughs> not that kind of podcast. But, <laughs> some of it's, yeah, some of it's unbiblical. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, um, so it's my older brother, and like, it's, it's such a weird thing because it's like, it was like, we're young. It's almost like we were working with each other up until the point that one of us we both wanted to win the match (laughs) (laughs) so it would like transform into a weird shoot kind of thing between these two kids (laughs) and um like because he's bigger than me there's not a lot of moves i could do to him but for some reason one move that i could slap on was the half crab and uh yeah that was like the big thing that like i thought oh man okay well i can put it on my older brother is bigger than me, so like it's just a hold that I can I can use. And then again, with time came on in the video games, um, I think like one of my moves, one of my finishing moves early on in the video games in SmackDown Two, because it was on an unlockable new move, was the Osaka Street Cutter. Nice. 
Yeah, it was like you lift them up in like an inverted suplex and you drop them on their feet and then you give them a stunner. And I was like, well, that's awesome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so unnecessarily complicated. Also, yeah, it's also, yeah, it's so funny because you put them back on their feet and then just give them a stunner. It's not like it's a flowing <laughs> up in the air stunner. It's like up in the air, behind you, then stunner. But uh, I was like, that's my finisher. And then the other one's a frog, a frog splash, or well, the, the, the lowdown, to be precise, actually. Nice. Oh, and nice. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then but then I was like, okay, well, I can't do an Osaka Street card to people. I just can't. <laughs> um, oh, please so I always, do. Please uh, so just I... like one match, break one out. Oh I yeah, think... yeah. I mean, if you, ever go, if you ever go back to Italy, I think the greatest at least deserves one. Yeah, yeah, I owe him. I owe him an Osaka Street card. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like it's one of those things, and you and you, you hear it a lot of time, a lot of times in like podcasts or interviews with wrestlers or stuff like that, where like you should have a move that you can hit on anyone or you can put on anyone. And uh, I just was, I was so, I just feel like it's so difficult to think of a new move or like a devastating move that like, why not just go the opposite route and go to something that's easy to slap on basic, but still, it could still be effective, which is a single leg crab. Because then also, no one's going to be terrified of taking it the day before a show. <laughs> true. That's very true. Yeah, you can work with anyone that way. Yeah, exactly. Like, again, like if TG went to Johnny Kidd and said, by the way, my finish is a vert breaker. And it, well, if he went to me and he said, by the way, and I said, my, by the way, my finish is a single leg Boston Crab. I think I know who would be happy to <laughs> yeah. wrestle. That's, that's a fair point. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but then, but then your point about it being like, it's a weird move in modern wrestling that was a thing that I got told by everybody. Because I, I was I was set on it. Before I started wrestling, I was set. Like, this is going to be the finish. When I start, this is going to be it. And everybody thought it was weird. But, like, I was just like, I don't know. I know. I remember someone, one of my trainers said, I'm not saying it it won't be able, you won't be able to get it over, but it'll be really, really difficult to get it over. And I was like, I know. I accept the challenge. But you got over and but what i was i love it i think it's great that you have got that kind of submission move i wish more people would implement submission moves as finishers because it just does look cool especially when you do the the lean back for the final lock-in and you get an instant tap gets a pop every single time yeah so it's all like yeah it's just a different way to like pull wrench back i just love like and like there was like a period of time where like in like 2002 or three where that was like the peak time where like Kurt Angle started to just do reversals into an ankle lock. Mm. And then he was just on fire and he's, his matches were my favorite matches because of him and, and Benoit, like the matches you have with them where like you just keep just slapping the finishing move out of nowhere, the, the, the submission move out of nowhere. And then Jericho would do it as well into the Wolves Jericho, like different, like a roll up into it or this, that and the other. And I thought, man, that's, those are my favorite matches. Those are the matches that always like, threw me in because you didn't know when the move was going to pop out and then anytime it would the crowd would go crazy so i just thought like if i have a move where like i mean it is like i can slap it on out of nowhere but also i can just grab it turn over and i have it hooked in then like i've got all this variety and in terms of like putting a match together there's all different ways to slap it on or different ways to um you know just take the take the fans on a ride by not knowing when the half grab might come I like that a lot. I like that. 
it's, yeah, you said about Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit. I mean, it was the same thing. Both like the crossface and the ankle lock had that quality, didn't it? Where you could just pop it out of nowhere. And you said about the countering and stuff as well. Like uh, Royal Rumble 2003, which is probably yeah. one of my favourite matches of all time. The Benoit Angle match there. And it's just like, it's just poetry. The way they're countering each other's um, submission holds and rolling around. It's just perfect. I've never seen it done better than that. Precisely, precisely. Exactly, because uh, you've you've said that you want to have people want to work with you. Who out of the scene that we've got at the moment are you like? Who's your hit list? Should we say? Oh man, yeah, so people that usually put out like um like those lists of like people they want to wrestle and stuff like that. And I have been again. I have been fortunate enough to be on a few of them, which is really humbling, really cool. Mm. But then I really like not wanting to do a list of my own because I don't mind who I wrestle. Obviously, it'll be cool to wrestle certain people. But then you can get so surprised with wrestling that, like, people who aren't on your list, but obviously you definitely want to wrestle, that like, it just happened. Like, for instance, like, end of last year, I, I was I wrestled Chris Brooks in the singles in Portsmouth. So, like, that's obviously a guy I would always want him to wrestle, but I never thought it would happen, so he wouldn't have been on a list of mine. Um, yeah. But having said that, there's so many on the scene that, like, I'm going to try and narrow it down to five in terms of just singles matches. Connor Mills, uh, I only need a single with him. He's on fire this year. He's going to be on a further, further fire for the rest of this year and the year beyond. I want to have a singles with him. Um, another guy is Jay Joshua. Nice. You guys have heard of Jay Joshua? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a young lion in a front line, but he's also doing things in attack. He's got Timothy Thatcher this Sunday, I believe. Nice. That'll be good. Attack. Bristol. Uh, yeah, he's just got like an insane amateur background, and he's like a small uh, Jeff Cobb. Yeah. So like, good description. It's just one of those like, yeah, he's like he's like a small Jeff Cobb, but he's a big guy, and he can just do the craziest suplexes. He's super athletic. He's he's gonna be he's gonna be something. Well, I'm liking that um, money. Is we're seeing more of that. Like we mentioned, you and Boston Crab, and obviously he's got his style, and also uh, Jordan Breaks wrestles a very um, old school style. I'm, I'm just loving seeing wrestling. seeing that coming back. You know, yeah, wrestling. Yeah, just like it, but it's it's just a cycle, really, with wrestling. Like, I mean, Jordan is a really good example of a guy who, um, you know. It's so easy when you get into wrestling and you're like, man, I want to become successful. I want to get really good, but I want to be successful. So let me look at what is popular in the scene right now and let me be good at that. And then you'll see that on shows with people doing like whatever's popular is what everybody has a move. You know who's like really over at the moment because you can see if someone's doing a bicycle knee, like a Kenny Omega V-trigger or just like rip cords for fun. Yeah. That's how you who's like doing well in wrestling um but then like but then, but then there's like there's so many like negatives towards doing that but at the same time like oh yeah like i guess like the crowd goes crazy if you do a reverse run so let me know how to do a reverse run but like then you got jordan brakes who he i don't think he watches modern wrestling at all right like he i really don't think so he just watches like old world of sport tapes because that's what he likes yeah and that's what he's into and he just does nothing but research on that he gets good at that he wants to train at stuff related to that and then he's near enough mastered that style that he's the only one that has mastered that style that's coming up now so he's now going to become slowly but surely 
a hot commodity. Yeah, completely. Because he can. And I think more people. I think more wrestling. Yeah, do yeah, exactly. I don't think you would have seen him, Jesse, but he's he's absolutely incredible. He he wrestles a style that you love watching. You know, just technical, ground to the mat, proper old school wrestling. So. We'll see if we awesome. bag him for a future one. But sorry, I interrupted you there. You, you're on a flow of your five people. Oh, um, yeah. So, like, I've got so Mills, Jay Joshua, Josh Bodum in a, in a singles because I want to die sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll be... I've always wanted to wrestle Josh Bodum. He's just... Uh, he's good. And it, it looks like it's painful. And I want to know if that's true. So, um, <laughs> um, I'd love to do that. Those, those are, like, the three that are, like, burning on my list. I haven't had a singles with David Francisco. Um, okay. I'd love to see how that would go. And he's like, he's a guy that's like improving, improving, improving. He's so experienced, but he's just like getting into his stride. I think he, I think he just got into his stride like end of last year and even more so this year. Didn't you have a six-man um, with him? I did in Battle Pro. That's I had a six-man. Yeah. But one-on-one. But one-on-one singles, I'd like to see how that would go between... He and I, and um, oh man, there's somebody in IPW who I just saw the other day, and uh, ah, Joe Nelson. Okay. Give me, a, give me, a, give me a Joe Nelson, another young kid who's like, yeah, like anytime I see someone who's smaller than me, I just think, well, this is a rarity for one, and then number two, I think there's so many. Th- he's not only is he super stupid talented, but there's just so many things that I can imagine that he would be able to do that I could do. And it's just like a different match that I would be having where like it's not about me being undersized. It's about two guys who it's about it's about the other guy being undersized and I can show like stuff that I'm able to do with him. And I think the fifth one will be LJ Cleary. He's um the Irish lad. Yeah. Of more than Yeah. Um I don't I haven't had a singles with him, but I've done a few things in the ring with him. And like he's a lot of fun. He's a cool man. So um that'd be the fifth one. Just, Those are the five. Yeah, yeah. You just listed a lot of matches that I'm like, yeah, I'd like to see that. I don't know whether we should subject him to a top five now because because what we do is we always uh, spring a top five on people in the end. But you just you listed five people you want to wrestle. So what are you feeling, Jesse? Do do we be mean or that was a that was a good top five. five. Um, you could I don't know what about um, with the theme. I, I know we haven't talked about women's wrestling at all, but this week we're going to talk. We're going to do our top five women's wrestling matches. So, um, what are your top five favorite women wrestlers? Nice. Oh man. Okay. Currently, I'm going to say currently, just to make it all cool and interesting. Cool, cool. Um, Doesn't have to be like WWE. All of that stuff can be independence, whatever. All over the oh, shop. Okay. Uh, Tony Storm's definitely in there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, my favorite, I think one of my favorite wrestlers to watch, uh, male or female right now, actually, is Shayna Baszler. Uh, I just love everything she's doing. It's like, anytime I watch a match of hers, I'm fully into it. She looks like fully into what she's doing. I believe everything she does, everything she says as well, when she talks, I just, I'm just into it. Like, Definitely she's great. Yeah, she's great. A <laughs> friend of mine. Say, but yeah. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine met her uh, when NXT did Download Festival. Oh, um, yeah. And he was there. And she lives her gimmick, man. Like, even away from the matches and stuff. She was fully in character the whole time. And um, yeah, it was incredible. 
Yeah, she just doesn't. She just look, look, looks like she like loves training and hates people, which yeah. is great trait. Great yeah, trait. I, um, I, I, I have one of those things in common with her. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I love the idea of like she lives the gimmick, and I always hear, hear that like, oh yeah, she's really into a character. Could just be a dick. Yeah. I mean, there is that, isn't it? Yeah, like you say, yeah, man, she was really mean to me. Yeah. I really love her devotion to. <laughs> she obviously, she's obviously just committing to it because yeah. I'm a great person. Yeah, it's not me. I don't know why anybody would be mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that but we yeah. enjoy that probably taps into like some sort of childhood trauma we've all been through. I reckon. You've been through. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. Sorry, sorry, I'm projecting. <laughs> um, that's brilliant. So we're on two, right? Okay. And, and hey, they had a hell of a match, Tony Storm and Baszler at, like, Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, that was a great um, match. Uh, Let's just get three more in there. Uh, Kaylee Ray and uh, Miko Satomura yes. will fit three and four. Just because they had one of the best matches I saw live at Pro Wrestling Eve. Uh, is it called Shiva? No, it wasn't called Shivolution. They the, on the um during Super Strong Style Weekend they had the York Hall show, and I was live for that, and they just had a killer match. Uh, Katie Rain Samura, I want to watch it again because it's that's how good it is, nice. and make us make Samura so good watching a Mae Young classic. Yeah, I was like, man, I can't believe I haven't watched more of her stuff. Um. I always find it weird when, like, because obviously, like, Miko's done the tour around the UK and stuff, and for how big a name she is, especially with, like, 90s Japanese women's wrestling and stuff, and I I, I think it was, like, the D Dream Tag Team last year, so it was in, like, a hangar in Wolverhampton, and Miko Satomura comes out and wins the Fight Club Championship, and I'm just, you just have those moments of, like, what's going on? <laughs> what, what's Isn't that happening? something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is the best. Um, but yeah, she's she's yeah crazy talented. Yeah. I'm trying to give like one more man top five. This is a a game I wish I was ready to play. We like to spring them. We don't like people like you know pre- prepping. Prepping, right? Ah, oh, okay. Uh, let me think of a British wrestler then. Let me get a British wrestler in there. And we always I try and time watch... people as well because we've had some oh, people man. take hours. Some people knock out the park straight away. Oh man. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna go. Actually, now someone in WWE, one of those four horsewomen. Which one? No, Asuka. Give me Asuka every day. Nice. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. Asuka every day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a five right there. That's a solid five. Awesome. She her match with Becky Lynch in the Royal Rumble was um, yeah the first the first Asuka match on the main roster that I think she really sort of tapped into what we all fell in love with in NXT. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah, great. I know what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, well, actually, well, then the the other one actually would be the the one with Charlotte at WrestleMania. I really enjoyed that. That like, was a great match. Those, yeah, yeah, great. Match. Yeah, one of those hidden gems that, like, yeah, I think people remember the fact that it's a match that Asuka lost, but like the match itself was great. Mm. Yeah, completely. Yeah, that is a solid top five. I'm gonna get you to to plug where you're coming up next, the social medias where you can buy your merch. Because I gotta say, that T-shirt of yours, merch game is strong. And that that's always important. Like I love that T-shirt of yours. So everyone, go buy one, please and thank you. I mean, there's not. I mean, there really isn't many left. I think I might do a reprint. I was thinking of like a new design, but like I've got like my uh, now we play one, which is um, very plain, just to like an homage to like a just bring it kind of T-shirt, an Austin three sixteen T-shirt. Nice. 
and I and I like that, and I like the 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 large, loud, <laughs> the crap, comic yeah. book artwork. Um, so I think I might just like reprint those two, because I have heard people talk about wanting it, and I've actually run out of loads of sizes. So I will plug my website, which may or may not be down, probably is down. Um, but yeah, no, but, uh, it was it is the OJMO dot com, um, where you can get merchandise from me, but probably do it at a show. Not Battle Pro. I won't sell much at Battle Pro because I don't like people. And um, go to the OJMO at Twitter, on Instagram. The OJMO even on Facebook. Follow me on all social media because I'll post different things. Maybe sometimes the same things, but different things on different platforms. Um, yeah, those are the three main ones that I'd like you all to follow. Uh, especially Twitter, I guess, having loads of followers is an interesting uh, in thing to have. So cool, if you want to look at my stuff. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to look at my stuff, that's a good place. I'll be defending uh, my Battle Pro Championship tomorrow in Caterham for Battle Pro Wrestling, facing Johnny Storm. Tickets are still available. Go to buytickets.at slash battlepro, and you can see tickets for that show and the show after that on March 3rd, which will be in Sydenham, the normal place for Battle Pro, called Them's the Breaks, coined after something I said to Jordan Breaks. And I cashed in on him, and um, yeah, I think. I'm actually this weekend. I've also got. Frontline. I was going to say, aren't you wrestling frontline, frontline this weekend? Yeah. yeah, I just put frontline out today. <laughs> um, frontline, I've got uh, Cassius. Uh, I'm finally debuting for Frontline, which has been like such a hard fought battle because I was not wanted for Frontline, and now I am wanted. Perfect. So, got a spawn card, and I'm going to make sure that. I am not forgotten. In fact, yeah, I'm really going to make sure that I make a statement on that show. So come down to that. That's in Rainham in Essex. I think there's still tickets available for that. So we'll just pop down or go online. I don't know their website, but that would be a sweet one. And then if you're in Kent, if you're listening to this and you're in Kent, I'm there wrestling too on Sunday for Rumble Promotions. I don't know where or who I'm wrestling for, sorry, but it's in Sittingbourne. And it's Rumble Promotions. So I've got a busy You're week. You're all over the place. I'm liking this. And we'll be sharing nice. on the Twitter because um, Soul just uploaded the match between you and Ashmore. So we'll make sure that's on there that uh, people can check you out if they've not seen you before, which would be awesome. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on and having a chat with us, man. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I hope I was of uh, of note, of a, a good quality of guest. You've been one of the You're highest standards. You've got a really nice, if you don't mind me saying, a really nice deliberate pace to the way you talk, which I've been really enjoying as you've been on here. It's nice. Have you just been sitting well, by I mean, one I of a cup of tea? Audio. Yeah, I it's, think it's so. nice. Now, I'm actually yeah. just in my shorts and nothing oh. else. <laughs> well, and uh, now I'm aroused. There you go. That's, that's what I'm there to do. I'm a character. Yeah, that's a good point. You said that you, um, I saw when I was doing my research, you have done an audio book. So, Jesse... You can buy the audiobook and listen to more of OJ. Really? Awesome. Well, the, your voice, that's a good, that your voice perfectly lends itself to that sort of thing. So I'm glad you've done that. There you go. So I'll plug that too. She's Not There by Tamsin Gray. It's a great story, great novel. If you get it on audible.com, I'm the one narrating it. Amazing. Sweet. I, like, I me. like that. I like that. Um, that's perfect. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and telling us your stories and all that kind of stuff. I will probably see you next at the next Pro Wrestling Soul. So I'll come over, say hello. You can even have a sticker if you want. We have. 
Yeah. Oh, that's what you get for coming on these podcasts. No monetary value. Oh, but boy. you get a sticker. Look at that. <laughs> cool. Thank you, buddy. Great. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Max. Thanks, Jesse. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Are you ready? Oh, hell yeah. You fans can stick it, brother. Who's your daddy, Montreal? Say Alan or hello? <laughs> I don't know. It was somewhere in the middle. Um, I, we're smashing these. Um, I'm smashing these intros to each section today. You really um, are. Like the pause there. Is it me? Yeah. Am I going? <laughs> um, he was nice, wasn't he? The OJMO. Go check out his shit that he plugged at the end because uh, yeah, he's he's gonna be he's been going, going places. It's gonna be a big deal. And find Tamsin Gray's book on Audible, read by him. Why wow, you actually? You did you write down the name? No, I know Tamsin Gray, the author. Authoress. Oh, I see. I, I don't. I, I'm not familiar. No, I'm an educated man. <laughs> so I've been told. <laughs> By me. Uh, yeah, over and over again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was a great interview. It was uh, lovely to have a chat with him. And uh, if you can get to any of his shows, check him out on Twitter and go and go and watch them. But now we're going to talk about women. Yes, Yay. ladies. Jesse's favourite subject. So we've done a top five previously where we discussed our top five favourite women's wrestlers. And that was yeah. a good list. Came up with some good it. shit. Smashed Nailed. it. So we thought this time, let's focus on purely female-centric matches. And let's that's what that. we're going to do. And as you know, if we have a crossover, we play a drop and then that negates that person's pick and we talk about it together. Could we have done like Lillian Garcia or a famous... Pro- promo from Trish or whatever. No, we decided to go with a man. But there's a reason for it. Uh, if anyone watched the, that's, that's not really. It's not really a reason. It's just we just find it, it really funny and it made us laugh. Yeah, that's, that's the only reason. It's not add depth to this. Um, <laughs> halftime heat was happened during the Super Bowl. Very entertaining match. Spot heavy craziness going on. Um, and Shawn Michaels made it very apparent that one of his strings to his bow is not commentary. No, um, we love Sean. He's one of my favourites of all time, as he is everyone's. But, um, yeah, commentary. His voice does not lend itself. His guttural voice does not <laughs> lend itself to um, to calling um, fast-paced matches. So, at the end of the show, um, what's his face from 205, wherever he's from, was doing his, like, outro. Uh, we are NXT! And HPK clearly didn't want to know what to do, so he just went... Yeah! Yeah, yeah, we are NXT. Let's do it. So if we have a crossover, you're going to hear Shawn Michaels get very excited about our pick and be like, "Yeah, play it again." You want you want it again? Okay, yeah. here you go. Yeah. <laughs> so much enthusiasm, love lovely. Um, because you've done the intros, I'm going to go first. Oh, really? You're the boss now, are you? That's the trade-off you get for for wanting to be in the spotlight. Alright, fine. Go on then. So, what we're discussing this week is top five oh, women's matches. Do the, do the match. These are our favourites, <laughs> not the like most important matches in history. You know we always have to have yes, that. Yes, we, we don't have to add that. We do, because we, we get bitches moaning. Well, we can bitch back. Oh, 
my number five is fairly recent from last year. Um, it's a general match including 30 women. It's the 2018 Women's Rumble match. Good shout. I didn't Great even shout. consider... When you think of match, I don't always think of Rumbles as matches. Do you know what I mean? But... Um... Yeah, good show. Which one, sorry? This year's or last year's? Last year's, so the very first last one. Year's. So this was our nice. first Women's Royal Rumble. It main evented the whole Royal Rumble pay-per-view. And as far as first goes, it's amazing. It, it was a great celebration of wrestlers from the past, wrestlers in the present. You had people like Trish, Lita, Tori, Molly Holly, Vicky Guerrero even came yeah, out. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. I'd missed the excuse me screams. Oh, was... Vicky Guerrero, by the way. Can we talk about Vicky Guerrero? Of course we can. And, and uh, WWE and their um, sort of, I don't know, they're such carnies, so they give, like, it's like, oh, Eddie's died tragically, so we're going to give you a job, Vicky. And she's like, oh, thank, that's really good of you. Thank you for looking after, you know, my children and my family and stuff. It's like, yeah, um, we're going to turn you into the most hated person <laughs> in WWE. Um, everyone's going to call you a fat pig and just generally be horrible to you. And that's so WE, isn't it, to do that? Like, but then when people can say, you, you're, you're being horrible to Eddie's widow, they just go, yeah, but we're paying her, we're giving her a living. And she's, and to her credit, she's really fuck, she was really good, right? Like, she's a really, really good heel. Who knew that that was in her? It's just yeah. kind of a shame that Eddie didn't know that she had all that untapped potential. Well, if you go from uh, the first appearance of her during the SummerSlam feud with, with Ray and Dominic, and that yeah, fucked yeah. up in the ladder match, where the fuck is Vicky? Well, fuck Still is one Vicky. of my favourite thing ever. But even her, like, yeah, bits backstage with Eddie and stuff, and um, she did her best, but she, yeah, she really came into her own when she turned heel. Um, I still occasionally, I probably watch it more than I should, watch um, Vicky Guerrero's last proper appearance on Raw when she had that mud fight. Oh, yes, yeah. Do you remember that? I Watch do that remember that, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this was a great Royal Rumble, and there were many other competitors as well as Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite a few important ones, really, you know, yeah. kind of staples of where, the modern era. Saying, where the fuck is Vicky? Where the fuck was Victoria? Right, and I was so disappointed that this year, because she's announced her retirement year as, as 2019... We, yeah, man. We didn't get a Victoria because um, everyone kind of overlooks how important she was to the pre-women's revolution of oh, when Victoria. you had people like Molly Holly, Trish, Lita. Victoria was leading the charge with, with all of yeah. that. And it she just, was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Broke my heart it did, Jesse. Broke yeah. it. Her and, her and Stevie Richards. Oh, with the infamous WrestleMania 19 chair shot. Bounce off shot to his own head. Yeah. We, oh, God, I love that. Love it so much. <laughs> With JR uh, commentary, he just goes, oh, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourite things about this Rumble is... Um, every, so everyone kind of got their chance to shine, and I thought they, they just did it really well, especially with it being their kind of first outing. But one of the standout moments for me was obviously when Trish entered the Rumble. Well, she must have been, like, number 30, I think. She was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you had Trish and Mickey James and the crowd ah. reaction... And mine and Jesse's reaction, because that's one of our, like, favourite guilty pleasure feuds as Trish and Mickey. And, oh, that that pop gave me goosebumps, it's, it did. It was great. It was such a cool moment. And, yeah, not even I don't even think it's a guilty pleasure. I think it was a really, really well-done storyline, the feud between those two. Mm, definitely. And um, just like the Mentor Rumble previously, the, the right woman won. You know, Asuka eliminated Nikki Bella and became the first ever Royal Rumble winner. 
challenge Charlotte, as um, OJ said, to kind of go on and have a great match of Mania. Unfortunately, not the result we wanted, but, you know, you know whatever. Um, and it was so nerve-wracking having Asuka and Nikki Bella kind of in that. They did they mirror-copied the men's match and the women's match. Let's give someone that the fans don't want to win and they've been in the spotlight for ages versus someone that they really love and admire. And they did it very similar with this Royal Rumble. They pretty much mirror-imaged the, the two Rumbles again. But it worked. Yeah, kind of. Except I didn't have... I have to say, with the Women's Rumble, I didn't have any suspense. When it was down to the Bellas and um, Asuka, I was like, oh, Asuka's winning. Asuka's definitely winning. Because we sort of knew that Nikki and Brie were... Neither of them were planning to be around. You, you sort of knew that. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, oh, Asuka's definitely winning. Whereas when Roman's in the ring, there's always a very real chance he's going to win. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Um, I just thought it was a great match. Everyone got a cool, cool moment. Naomi doing a Kofi. Um, oh, yeah. Just loads of really like awesome little spots to happen in it. I wanted to bring this up when we did our top five favorite Rumble matches, but I had to squeak the men's into that one. So I'm glad I've been able to just say how good this one has been. I preferred this one to, to this year's. Um, I, you know what? I, I love them both for completely different reasons. I agree like, with this that, year's yeah. obviously. This year's obviously didn't rely on nostalgia, which is a good thing. Um, this and, year relied on like the up and coming women, and yeah, yeah. And, and and they and I think they all smashed it as well. I think um, I think they're both great rumbles. I to be honest, I think I'd pick a different one depending on my mood every day um, out of these two rumbles. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. What's your number five, Daddy O? This is perfect. This has um, uh, come in really nicely. So my number five is. Trish Stratus versus Mickey James from WrestleMania 23. Hey, good choice. Hey, yeah, there we go. Um, so this is the start of um, why that moment in the Women's Royal Rumble 2018 gave us goosebumps. Um, Mania 23 was mental, right? <laughs> it's like the most crazy um, WrestleMania. Peter Gabriel um, did the theme tune. That That's the level we're talking. Peter Gabriel did the theme tune. A Pres- President Trump was heavily involved. Um, it, uh, well, this is the one with Edge and Mick Foley um, with Lita in the crazy hardcore match with like flaming tables and shit, which you just even then you just didn't see in WE ever. So stupidly, like this is that's like dangerous, independent, crazy shit. They did it for their biggest show of the year. Yeah. Um, what else was mental? Is this the year that? Um, no, it's not. Is it the year that um, they had the big women's battle royal as well? Um, but yeah, some crazy, crazy matches. And but this one um, was—it's not anymore. But at the time, I would say it is the best women's match WWF had put on. Definitely. Yeah, I just think, and Mickey James—it's disgusting how young she was here. Um, she was like twenty, twenty-one or something, yeah. and um, she was playing the stalker of Trish, um, like like super fan of Trish, and then she played this kind of and then she turned heel and did it in this psycho stalker way and played it so well she was genuinely creepy and just the promo package if you go back and watch it it's amazing trish played it really well as the face but um oh this yeah right this was this was um uh in was it in chicago this wrestlemania yeah yeah it was, wasn't it? And the fans were very, um, very Chicago. So through this match as well, everyone was back in Nikki. Everyone was behind Nikki. And Nikki, 
um, reacted to it, which is great because I think like on in WE and stuff, they get told not to do that now. If you're getting cheered when you should be booed or vice versa, they just say, oh, pretend that they're doing what you want them to do. But Mickey was responding off the crowd during this match, which I thought was awesome and acknowledging that they were cheering her. And um, and Trish did a great job. You know, she obviously wasn't getting cheered as much as she would have liked, but she was a fantastic wrestler at this point and did a very good job. Yeah. Mickey was a good wrestler, still is a good wrestler today. Um, and obviously the infamous moment that is cut out of the network. But you and me watched this live together, we I believe. Did. And um, it was a moment that made us look at each other. And um, Did she just do gasp. that? Oh, my God. Yeah. When she um, yeah lifts Tristratus by the crotch area and then um, runs her fingers um, across her tongue in the international symbol of oral sex on a lady. That pop. And, yeah, oh, God, the pop from the fans was insane for that. It was such, such a good moment. And not even, like, you sort of talk about how divas were sexualized and stuff back then. The way Mickey James did it wasn't that sexualized. It was kind of... Uh, it added to the sort of her scary persona, and I think it really worked it for did. what it was. I mean, later in the night, you had Tori Wilson and Candice Michelle in the play Playboy pillow fight, but right. what happened in the Trish Mickey match was much more hardcore. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was great, and um, yeah, it's, I think uh, we saw like a few thousand Chicago boners pop. <laughs> That's what that sound was. <laughs> I've always wondered, is this to edit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I loved the crowd because that was kind of the first match it happened in where the crowd were just like, fuck it, we're going to cheer and boo who, who we want. And that yeah. didn't really happen before, at least in my memory of, of WE wrestling. And JR just not really knowing how to react to it of just like, wow, this is going completely the opposite way of the storyline we're trying to tell on commentary. And uh, they're supporting it, but it just—I feel like that WrestleMania could have been such just a weird dud if that the crowd hadn't have done what they'd done that night. Because don't forget um, Triple H and John Cena, and then who can forget Shawn Michaels versus Mister McMahon? Yeah, fucking weird pay per view. Really? Do you remember on the cover as well? It was like John Cena giving Booker T a bulldog, and they didn't even have remotely a storyline together. John Cena, yes. Yeah, that was really weird. Um, we're get we're getting our wires crossed here. So this match was um, Mania twenty two, not twenty three. I made a mistake. Sorry. Yeah, um, yeah and um, Trump was the twenty three one, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah, shame. sorry, that's my fault. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, twenty two. It had Booker T and just and I don't know why. So Booker T, um, I believe, wrestled Benoit at this Mania. No, no. he wrestled. Boogeyman in a two-on-one yeah. with Charmella. Boogeyman, that's right. And it was um, was it? It was Benoit JBL, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and yes, Booker T, Boogeyman, Booker T doing an amazing, but not just so Booker terrified. T. It was Booker T and Charmella in a handicap match. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, that's weird. It's, yeah, John Cena bulldogging Booker T, and just yeah, no relevance. No, really strange. No relevance, but yeah, absolutely fantastic match and. Uh, made you just because this was kind of mickey james's debut in a way i think she had like yeah. a couple of matches but they were very quick and they were storyline driven this was like the first time we got to see what mickey did mm. so, yeah and she smashed it absolutely smashed it she's been around ever since kind of um but my number four again segways segways again uh involves trish stratus 
It was the first time ever that women had main evented Monday Night Raw. It was Trish Stratus versus Lita. Ah, good sound. Yeah, I was expecting it. Yeah. Um, no, afraid not. It's the. It's not the first time um, <coughs> women had headlined Monday Night Raw. That honor is actually held by Lita and Stephanie McMahon. Really? Um, but yes. But it was. Um, but it was very interference heavy with like Triple H and The Rock and things like that. So they kind of don't count it because what it was really doing was feeding a lot of the um, male superstar storylines. Ah, okay. So Whereas this is the first sort of proper women one on one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so this Trish and Lita, for people who don't know, were two of the most popular wrestlers in, who in the women's know? division. Who's listening to this and doesn't know? I've told you many times, people don't know shit that we go on about, <laughs> and I don't understand why they listen. But no. they just like the company. Hello. Hello, this is for you. people. Hello. Nice to see you. But they they had an absolutely incredible match. Um, Trish had a like nose guard on because she was like saying that Lita broke her nose and that's why she couldn't get involved in stuff. Trish oh, yeah. was coming in as champion. This was in Lita's home state of uh, North Kakalaki and she was like determined to win the title because there had been shenanigans. And uh, she Trish, nearly... Trish wearing that nose guard awoke something in me, by the way. What doesn't awake stuff in you? Yeah, you're right. I like some disgusting things. <laughs> so, <coughs> fuck you. It's um, <laughs> on a flow then. So she was in the mask and stuff, and it was a very quick match in all honesty. It was 10 minutes. It kind of sucked that they were like given such a short amount of time. But what they fit in in that time was some like damn good storytelling and just like really, they were just urgency to it, and they just had to get everything done, and it just worked. The the thing that they replayed, I, I counted six times in the match, was when Lita goes for the suicide dive oh, fuck. Yeah, and does yeah, nearly yeah, commit yeah. suicide because she just goes, fuck it, I'll go through the middle rope because I, you know, I don't need to do the woman's underneath the bottom one. And she just goes straight on her face and her body uh. bends in a way that... And they, they play it like six times and every single time I go, are you... Yeah, and she was fine. She said, like, I saw interviews with her afterwards. She was like, I have no idea why, but... I'm fine. Like, yeah. it didn't After really hurt. After neck surgery, all of that yeah, stuff, yeah. she just accordioned, snapped back to normal, and it was all good. Do you know uh, how she broke her neck, by the way? Yes, she was on a talk show. And... No, she wasn't. Yeah, and she, like, slipped. There's a story I heard. No. Go on, then. <laughs> That's just not true. Um, she, was a, um, she was a stunt double on Dark Angel, that Jessica That's Alba. a TV set. You said chat show. Oh, did I? Yeah. I meant TV show. You stupid man. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so she was on Graham Norton. And it's Mac. She was, she was in the chair and Graham pulled the lever and went back and she broke her neck. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah, Dark Angel. She was, so it was, she was just like rehearsing or something and um, yeah, broke her neck on set because she was um, trying to do a hurricane rider on someone who had zero wrestling training. Uh, very similar to how you broke your collarbone, in fact. Yeah, guys, don't do hurricane runners with people <laughs> just don't do hurricanes if you're incapable yeah fucking <laughs> 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 muddy again i've been really good at like muting my microphone when i'm getting a coughing attack but like you just get me with something out of the blue dude yeah sorry I've, i'm gifted that is unfortunate for her definitely um and this match ended with lita getting the twist of fate or i think it was a reverse twist of fate yeah, um, the extreme twist of fate. Extreme. That's extreme with an X. Oh, That's capital. Not extreme with an E. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, this was after Trish like nailed her with the face mask and revealed that she hadn't had her nose broken and all this. And King was very excitable and JR was getting annoyed with him. You know, peak WE of yeah, yeah. And then can she you hit- imagine? So um, you know, so back then it, what? So you just went like uh, Vince McMahon <laughs> as we discussed last week. In your house, <laughs> can you imagine? Um, so. And nowadays, instead of monitors, they basically have iPads, right? Or like yeah. little um, flat. Um, so they've obviously got their own little stands and stuff. Back in JR and King's Day, back then, they had yeah. full-on monitors, like these grey, long, thick sort of screens. And so they obviously had a good use, because during matches like this, the table wouldn't tilt from King's massive erection when he's watching these matches now with these flat screen stuff they'd be falling over all the time wouldn't they with is king that, watching um women's matches is that why they took him off commentary i reckon that's what it was that, his erection the, was just the yeah his, his erection was going through more he's tables a, like... than the dudleys <laughs> <laughs> uh, like it, it was fine when we were watching wrestling like the, the shit king would come out with was you know You'd go, oh, King. But I listen back now, and it just it just hurts my soul. I, I did more than went, oh, King. I agreed with him vehemently. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was backing it. But yeah, you're right. It hasn't aged well. No, not at all. It, it kind of kills a lot of great, especially in this one as well, where it's just him pawning over Trish. It's, yeah, really, really uncomfortable. I can't wait for his Me Too to come out. That'd yeah, do you remember one. when he called Goldust a faggot? <laughs> just on roar in the middle of the thing that was um yeah obviously that doesn't age well at all yeah he's a special case as our king bless him mm. um but lita eventually wins and becomes the women's champion in her hometown and the crowd go absolutely mental and it's great it's just a great little match that kind of we, we talk about the modern women's revolution and you can't forget your history no you can't forget your history um and uh, yeah, it's moments like that. And, it, and it's kind of a shame that she fucked Edge because it obviously she became an amazing heel off the back of that and stuff, but she was never... That was the end of her career as a fan favourite when all that came out. And it's sort of a shame because um, this shows that she really could be a real top baby face, you know? Oh, definitely, yeah. There you go! <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen to me. You know, Edge is like your favourite. Oh, that's a new thing. That's good. Okay, go on. What's that? What's a new thing? Oh, listen to me. Mummy. Listen to me. I'm an only child. Um, So, Edge, as much as you love Edge, um, do you agree with me that he owes all of his success to Lita? Mm, No. No, you do. Because um, uh, when all that happened, Lita is the one that gave Edge all this major heat. Edge became a massive star when all this Lita stuff came out. And it's because he was able to become this massive heel. And it's all down to Lita being a phenomenal valet. I think Edge should thank Lita every day for getting him over as a main event star. He owes it all to Lita, in my opinion. We will agree to disagree. What's your Ah. next one? We'll ask Twitter, see what they think about that. Or Reddit. Don't bring them into this. Uh, They don't deserve it, do they? Um, I'm going um, a bit hipster and old school, but I know you're um, a hipster twat as well, so this might very well be a crossover. This is from one of my favourite pay-per-views of all time, um, for my own personal reasons, more than actual match quality, but this is a very good match. Um, It's from WCW World War III, 1995. Bull Nakano and Akira Hakuto versus Mayumi Uzaka and Cutie Suzuki. 
It's not, but I remember speaking about it when we did top five women because we both had Bull Nakano. I love a bit of Bull. We did. Um, my phone has, in my notes, has um, autocorrected it to Bill Nakano, which is nice. Um, my um, so yeah, my phone wallpaper is Bull Nakano. So there you go. Oh, nice. Mine is um, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, this is a great match. Great tag match. It's a. Um, I actually watched it earlier today, and it is brilliant. It's stupidly dangerous. There's a lot of dropping on your heads, but they're Japanese, so they're, they're okay for that. And it's sort of bit dated now because we've seen some great women's wrestling recently but uh, but for its time i think it was absolutely incredible um it was wcw showcasing japanese women um to the us really um they got remember we were talking the other week about mike tenay when they sort of just get him in for specialist matches yeah um they yeah they got him on commentary with um with uh the weasel and uh tony chavion <laughs> And <laughs> that's a joke from last week. <laughs> and it is. It's a callback, people. Um, it's from the Book of Revelations, people. <laughs> and, um, and, um, and yeah, I just think it's a great match. It showcases four incredible talents. Um, yeah, what's his name? Um, yeah, I've completely lost my my mind's gone to jelly in the last five minutes. You're all excited, aren't you? Yeah, I did. Um, Sonny Ono is at ringside, which is a detractor for me because he doesn't—he gets on my tits. I hate Sonny Ono. Um, but um, aside from that, it's all good. Um, it, it's a great match, but like, I wish there could have been like more of Bull and uh, especially Akira. Um, they're just absolutely phenomenal. I can watch Akira matches until I'm blue in the face. They're just so stupidly talented, the two of them. Yeah, amazing, and. Um, Oh my god, I've completely blanked his name. What's his name? I've no idea. Comment- the best commentator of all time. Bobby Heenan? Bobby Heenan. Jesus Christ, what's the wow. matter with me? I, had- I know, what- what's going on? Why did I forget one of my favourite people? You know when your brain just goes weird sometimes? I always um, get it when people go, um... So t- they'll just ask me, what's what's thingy from, from that movie that you love and you know exactly every moment of? The minute they go, <laughs> no, I, d- I don't know, never seen it. Yeah, no, yeah, they're testing you, really. Um, yes, Bobby Heenan, obviously. I love you, Bobbies. Um, he is on commentary for this match and with Tony Chavez Vava. And um, he does, he is in King's role, like we were just talking about, but... Um, he does it perfectly. He makes jokes. He makes sort of a few jokes about them, but doesn't over-sexualize and still comments on how stunning the actual work is, the actual wrestling. And he just does everything right that King does wrong with women's matches. And this is a perfect example of it. His commentary is brilliant. When um, Akira Hakutu comes out with her big Japanese mask on and um, big, like, pink gown, um, the first thing Bobby Heenan says is, um, oh, Tony, your missus is here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, and talks and talks about um, how Gene is, uh, Mean Gene is jealous of um, Bill Nakano's hairdo, which um, I love the idea of Mean Gene having a Bull Nakano-style <laughs> Jedward haircut. Oh, there's, um, she faces Alundra Blaze at SummerSlam, and the gel, it's just unreal how she does her hair. And for that whole match, it was only like 10, 12 minutes long, but it just doesn't lose shape. No, it's amazing. Whatever she was using, it worked. Yeah, they should have hired a sponsor off that one. 
Yeah, she was actually sacked from WF for um, being caught with copious amounts of cocaine. Nice. Yeah. That makes me like her even so, more. Yeah, right. It's only a crime if you get caught. Well, yeah, apparently. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, excellent choice. My, my number three is uh, when I first started getting into NXT, this was the first NXT takeover I watched. And I believe when I came and visited Jesse, this was the first match I showed him which was like a rarity because normally you're like, hey, check out these cool men that are wrestling. But I showed him a women's match first and I believe it got you back into the whole wrestling scene. It was NXT- it did. It was between this and um, Finn Balor, Adrian Neville as well, which was on the same card. There you go. This it was, was those two matches. NXT TakeOver Rival. It was Charlotte Flair versus Bailey versus Banks versus Lynch, the four horsewomen uh, going for the NXT Women's Championship. Flair was champion at the time. And this was the four horsewomen having their really only time that they've all faced each other at the same time. Yes, and it's awesome. It's so good. It's like... I I had a a friend say, like, you better put this match on that involved some of the horsewomen. I was like, it's good. I'm not going to mention it in case it's in yours later. I was like, it's good, but it doesn't top TakeOver Rival. The timing of their spots in this match is is absolutely unreal. Um, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks had like an alliance going into this. Lynch was kind of the newbie coming in. Um, Sasha Banks was Ratchet as fuck, and it was great. <laughs> I miss Ratchet Sasha. We all do. And yeah. just those two working together at the start when they throw Charlotte into the LED board and break it, and they both go for the cover simultaneously, and then it just breaks down. And Becky Lynch does uh, explode the suplex and sends Sasha fucking flying. Yes. Like, miles away. But just the, the timing spots between all four of them is just... It's so good. And if, like, if people haven't gone back and watched this one, it's takeover, NXT TakeOver Rival, and it is it is just unbelievable of a match between the four of them and just showcases why they started, what they did eventually start, and this was a great kind of kickoff for all of them. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. This is very much the... I mean, I know like you could obviously go back and point at many matches to sort of say, oh, this was when it was the start of um, the women's revolution or whatever the fuck. But um, but this match, um, there have been good women's matches before it, obviously, but this was like a glimpse into the future. Do you know what I mean? And it was yeah. like, oh, all four of these... None, none of these women are particularly established, but they're working their tits off, and we can see that, and... Th- and it's cool that all four of them are doing very well. Although, like, Becky Lynch being the biggest draw of the four is something I would not have predicted back then. No, it's so crazy. and Not in a million years. Just just the whole change that they've all been through um, over all of it. I, I would have said Sasha would have been, been the main draw overall. Uh, maybe yeah. even followed by Bailey at, at that point. But to have Lynch come out, because Lynch is the only one that never actually held the NXT women's uh, title out of the four horsewomen. Yeah. She had that great match with Sasha, and they kind of didn't really use it much after that. No. So, yeah, it's, I know, poor Becky, but they, and this was before she even had, like, a gimmick. She was just Becky Lynch, and she came out with BL on her chest, and that was it. I think this was just in between uh, the Irish dancing and the proper steampunk. Because I think the proper yeah, the steampunk... Ste- she debuted the steampunk against Sasha Banks in that brilliant match yes. that we were ju- that you just mentioned. That's the first time she ever came and out. And the crowd standing ovation, and they just kept singing her song, and you went, okay, this is the Becky we're going to get behind. 
Yeah, Got that was you. awesome. Um, and eventually in this match, Banks gets to win um, with... I miss her, like, really savage bank statements where she was, like, almost make them into a pretzel the way she yanks back on it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely beautiful. And she doesn't actually win with that. She hits two, takes the other two girls out, and then does kind of a crucifix roll-up to get the pin on it. And uh, I just thought that was kind of a nice touch. Was a nice touch. We love Sasha. I miss, yeah, I miss Ratchet Sasha, as you said. Oh, she's just... When you've got someone who's that naturally good as a heel... Um, do you remember when it was like her and Bailey at Respect and she made Izzy cry? Yes. One of my favourite moments. She said that, that so like, so yes, good. I do remember. Yes. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, it was great. I fucking, uh, it seems harsh to say because she's like a child, but the way that family are sort of taking advantage of their accidental fame amongst wrestling fans is really not on. I don't like it at all. That's what they all do, isn't it? You know, you look well, at um, it's... Frank the Clown, Brock Lesnar uh, guy, all of them. Uh, if they get like any minute of fame, the what? The only one that worries me, you know, the guy. Every pay per view for the past three years, long hair sits with his mum, never tries to yes. get himself over. He wasn't at the Royal Rumble. Oh shit! Is he okay? Like, this is this is the concern. Yeah. Right. So um, oh, maybe twenty nineteen. It's not his year, but that concerned me. But uh, yeah. actually, back to the women. Sorry, those those four <laughs> put on absolutely stunner of a match, and that's why they became the four horsewomen. And in my opinion, this is where the women's revolution started. Fight me, AJ Lee. Fight me, Paige. I I personally think the women's revolution started with. Um... Oh, I did. It's so difficult to say, isn't it? Do you remember Paige and Emma had an NXT match? That was great. Um, yeah. That was very good. Um, Natalia and Charlotte as well with Ric Flair and Bret Hart in in the corners. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> Um, okay, my next one. Um, again, this is great. So we're syncing nice stuff. So a lot of what you just said can be used with this one as well, except this is um, Charlotte versus Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 32. This was the match I wasn't going to mention because it might be in your list. So Well, there you go. It is. So whilst, uh, first off, I will say this is the only good match from WrestleMania 32. God, yes. Um, I think it was a terrible card. Um top to bottom with the exception of this match um it's the i would agree with you that the um quality of wrestling might sort of be better paced in the nxt match that was just in your list but the fact that this was their first wrestlemania all three of their first wrestlemania and it felt really important and special that that the girls were so high on the card and put on such a great match um, I love the entrances. This was before they really did the Sasha Banks likes Eddie Guerrero thing to death. And Sasha came out with sort of Eddie Guerrero inspired gear, which was really awesome. I thought it looked really, really cool. Um, and I thought it was a really nice touch at the time. And then obviously they um, just completely milked that shit. Yep. Um, Charlotte had a robe that was um, designed from the, uh, the same material. I've just like, like remade from um, the same material robe that Ric Flair wore in his retirement match at Mania 24 which is pretty cool and um, Becky Lynch just came out looking awesome as ever um, Charlotte hits uh, that mental like corkscrew moonsault to the outside in this match let, let, let's not quickly undersell what happened at the start though this was the retirement of the Divas Championship oh yeah of course this was yeah, Lita yeah, yeah. came out and she unveiled, unveiled the women's championship this was you know the pinnacle of 
we're not divas anymore, you're superstars, you're on the same... And what a great match for them to be like, yeah, we're on the same steading, we're going to steal the goddamn show. Yeah, and they did. It's, yeah, easily the best match. And, yeah, just absolutely smashed it. Um, Ric Flair, I thought, did a brilliant job as... Um, Took a bump? Heel Charlotte at the Times Valet, he did take a bump um, against Doctor's Orders. Um yeah, I thought he did an amazing job. And he um, clung on to Becky Lynch at the end, didn't he? To stop her Sasha, breaking up. Yeah. Oh, Sasha, sorry. To stop her breaking up um, Charlotte's um, submission, was it? And, yeah, it was. it's just fantastic. Great match. Um, a real standout, standout occasion on a very bland, disappointing evening. <laughs> yeah, the, the rest of that page, I can't even tell you what happened. I, I think maybe the money in the bank at the start stands out. Where's... Oh yeah, Zach Zach Ryder won it. Didn't yeah, he? that was and good. Kevin and Owens that was Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in the corner. Yeah, yes, and that was their first mania. Those two as well. So it was really cool to see them sort of come out in such a big place. You know, entrances with in that larger place when you see these guys you've been rooting for is awesome. Yeah, but besides that, I cannot tell you what was on that card for the life of me. Um, Headlines by Triple H Roman Reigns. That's how good it was. Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Boy, they. But yeah, the the three of them absolutely just smashed it. And I I love watching it. It, This was honestly my number three up until about 20 minutes, 30 minutes before we went on air. And I was like, no, I've got to put Takeover Rival in there. I've got to like talk about that match because it was so important for getting us both back into it properly. But this match. it definitely stands out and as you say Rick Flair does a hilarious job as he always does and you gotta love him for it he's amazing and you absolutely yeah do. and each one having a submission hold as well I really like that in a triple threat kind of dynamic each one could get the other one to tap out uh, do you remember when they all came up to the main roster for the first time on Raw and Stephanie McMahon brought them out because she has to be involved with everything women and important yeah. and um, and there was a so they came out and basically rushed um, three of the main roster girls, the Bellas and Foxy, maybe, I think. And um, there was a moment when all three of the NXT girls had all three of them in a submission at the same time in the ring. Obviously, a rehearsed spot, sort of, you know, directed towards Hardcam and stuff. But it was just a great image. It was really cool yeah. that they all locked that in at the same time. It was just really nice to know. Oh, love it. Love it. Excellent choice. I'm glad we both covered those matches because I was worried it wasn't going to get in there. Um, now it's time for my really smarky one if uh, you'll allow me and this is like proper you're going to judge is me is it oh for god's sake you're going to go like um, let me guess no um, you can't oh, I, I know I can't guess the match but it's going to be like Rev Pro 2015 or something no no no, no, no. so that's if you remember back to when we did the top 5 women's wrestlers my number 1 was Akira Hokotu because she's fucking phenomenal so i was like i can't have my number one wrestler and not have one of her matches in here so the match i've gone for is akira versus shinobu kandori at ajw dream slam 1993 <sighs> would you care to comment <laughs> i can't pretend that i've um, i can't even begin to pretend that i've seen it i have no idea what's so happening. i need everyone to kind of watch this match and i'm going to share it on on our twitters because Good fuck is this a violent match? It's disgusting, really. <laughs> You're really selling it. It's baby. so it's hard oh, to blood. It's just it's it's violent, Jesse. It's violent because um, everyone talks about how at the moment we've got the women's revolution. But if you look back to Japanese women's wrestling in the nineties, that was like what we're seeing today, but more hardcore. 
it's just like really up there um so akira she's a really scrappy vicious woman um every single match of hers is fantastic kandori could very well be minoru suzuki in drag i'm not too sure she's she's got that viciousness to her actually she's probably more vicious than suzuki is there's a statement. Have you ever seen? Um, have you ever seen the Suzuki Asuka match? Yes, he kicks her in the head a lot. It's really uncomfortable. It is. Suzuki just full on like beats up Asuka for an uncomfortably long amount of time. Just keeps kicking her in the head. It's awful. Um, yeah. In this match, do you remember the recent spot at Wrestle Kingdom, whereas Naito and Jericho, Naito gets drilled on the table and it leaves like a dent, and he just hits it really horribly. Yeah, he lost like a massive patch of hair, I what, think. He put a photo up on Instagram. Well, that happens in this match. They do it on the announcer's table, and then the camera zooms in. It's just like this. You know when you crack the top of an egg? That's what the announce <laughs> table looked like. Just that's uh, how hard they hit it. And Akira just pisses blood for the rest of the match. Just like full-on crimson down her face. They start fighting through the crowd. Um, eventually, she kicks um, Kandori so hard in the face that she gets busted open. Uh, it's nothing to what Akira has though and then they make it back to the ring and the problem with this ring is it's that you know you see it in like Shimmer and all those kind of places it's just that kind of boxing style ring there's no give to it it's just like there's a cover to it and that's it and they're just flinging themselves all around this power bombing kicking and it's kind of got that sloppy exhaustion that I really like in my wrestling you know and it's just like stuff's not landing but it's it's not landing because they fucked up it's not landing because they're just knackered right so it's uh it, it's that kind of style when it gets towards the end and by the end they're, they're just exhausted they're so gassed out by the top of it and um yeah it's just a really violent striking match if you love the new japan hard-hitting style that you see from shibata ishii suzuki this is the match for you because it's it's like that but tenfold um from from the female standpoint and it really shows you how good 90s japanese wrestling was so uh i'll be making sure to share that and also a side note um akira hakotu had the nickname dangerous queen do you want to know how she got that nickname um because she's a massive freddie mercury fan and um is also a murderer (laughs) obscure but no she uh, <laughs> she broke her neck in the first fall out of a two out of three falls match worked the rest of the match while holding it in place holy right? shit Kurt Angle salutes yeah. you Kurt Angle who with his froob neck he ain't got shit yeah. <laughs> what flavour froob do you oh he's strawberry the colour he goes he's a strawberry froob I, I always thought he was more peach he's a peach can you, can you get a peach froob <laughs> I don't know, I hope so. It sounds delicious. It does. Um, so go check that out. It's on YouTube, Akira Hakoto versus Shinobi Kandori. It will be on our Twitter. You won't be sad that you watched Good it. Good choice, probably. I don't know, because I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it is. Um, I trust your judgment. Um, okay, my number two is um, uh, NXT. Again, it's NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3, Asuka versus Ember Moon. Oh, excellent. Ooh. Ooh, sorry, so, you surprised me with that one. So this was cool. This was I, this was actually Asuka's last ever NXT title defense um, before she um, basically went up undefeated, didn't she? Yeah. And left the title behind. Um, and this was when Ember Moon was kind of new and exciting. It was quite. She was quite a cool character that came out of nowhere. And then they fucked it up literally the week after this, I think, because Asuka beats um, Ember Moon. 
um, by cheating, really. Asuka, um, I believe, pushes the ref or something into Ember Moon and um, manages to um, lock in the Asuka lock. And the following week, they show this backstage sort of vignette with Ember Moon walking around. And she's, like, crying and shit that she lost to Asuka. And it's like, what's going on? You're supposed to be, like, I thought you were going to be a lady undertaker or, like, a werewolf, right? You're supposed to be, like, no talking, none of that. You're scary. You're not human. Don't be showing me this horrible human side. That's not what I wanted from my Ember Moon. So it's a shame that that happened. But at this point, it didn't feel like that. It felt like we very much had this kind of Lady undertaker style thing going on. Yeah. And that was awesome. I thought that was really, really cool. I thought it was a great character. Asuka is obviously one of the best workers of all time, male or female. And they just did a tremendous job with this match. And so this combination of just watching one of the best in the world and this new exciting character that felt like it had so much potential at the time. And I still like Emma Moon now. I think she's great, but I think they could have done a lot more with her when she debuted. Yeah, I'd agree. And I also feel like she works a lot better on the main roster setting than she did in the NXT setting. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, Um, but her and Asuka did have great matches. And and going back to when we were speaking about the Rumble, when she came last year and they had like a little face-off, that was a nice little moment. Nice little... Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, nice little throwback. Ember had a good showing in this year's Rumble. She did. Yeah, she really did. Um, every single woman, Pat, like, I think it was halfway through, anyone who got eliminated made me cringe because they hit <laughs> so hard. I remember, was it Kyrie Sane or someone who just, like, full-on belly flopped to the outside? Oh, God. Rhea that was a, Ripley. Yeah, I remember, I remember remembering that that was a bad bump. Yeah, yeah. All of them just landed so horrendously that I was like, oh, stop it. Brutal. Brutal. But uh, yeah, great match and probably one of Asuka's, one of my favourite Asuka matches from NXT. Um, Another one that doesn't really get talked about. Sorry if this is your number one, I doubt it is. Uh, Nikki Cross versus Asuka in a last woman standing match. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that, to be honest. That's a great but, match. Um, that was a good got match. got really nervous you know then, good... that you were about to be yeah. fucking number one. <laughs> oh, fuck Shane. Like, do you remember when you took away my um, Shane-Kurt Angle match? Yeah. Uh, when... Yeah, I do. Okay, Angle. I'll never... I'm biding my time to get you back on that. <laughs> um, uh, the uh, Asker's debut match as well against Dana Brooke was really good. It was short. I miss this sort of... You don't get them so much anymore. These... Um, when someone would debut on a takeover and it would very much be a sort of this is what this person is about match and it's short and sweet but it works and that's what Asuka Dana Brooke was. Kevin Owens and um, uh, Juice had a match like that as well which was great. Yeah, It's just it's just really nice to sort of see you know this per- just a short match and just someone burst on the scene and immediately get over and yeah seeing Asuka do that and Dana Brooke did an amazing it's, I think Dana Brooke is properly underrated you know? she is I think she she does a great job at putting other people over she's she's really quite good she's our new Foxy will campaign to the death yeah have we finally given up on Foxy I think we have to <laughs> we the, hat se- the hat sequence was kind of the last straw do you think so that yeah I, God, every time we must have talked about this on the show before, but every time we try and defend Foxy to to someone who's like a wrestling fan, we watch a show and Foxy fucks up, <laughs> and we're like, no, but she's amazing. the most famous example of that was like Survivor Series where she was the 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 team leader or whatever, and the backstage segment she her her hat falls off, and at that moment I was just like, yeah. oh Foxy, 
Not again. Yeah. And that same and that same night she got pinged by accident. Oh yeah. <laughs> she got eliminated. She didn't kick out in time. In a in a genuine mistake. And it's like fuck it up. Like Foxy, give us a break, man. We're trying to back you. Right, so we'll just uh we'll lean into Dana slowly but surely and that'll be a, a good yeah, way to okay. go. Um, I can only imagine that we have the same number one. It's becoming a little bit of a tradition this to have the same same number one. It's nice. We take we take different roads, but we end up at the same destination. It's like um, it's like playing Pokemon or something. We all do it our own way, but we end up the league champion. Exactly. And if you don't, it's nice look at your life. But uh... yeah, sort yourself out. It's a children's game, you retards. <laughs> 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 My, my, okay, I'm good. <laughs> Sorry, my mouth went quicker than my brain then. That's why we love you. It's all right, <laughs> no one ever makes it this far on the podcast, and if they do, they're, they're right. like lifelong fans, not going to rat us out. Number one, uh, Sasha Banks versus Bailey at TakeOver Brooklyn. Play the drop! Yeah! Yeah! Uh, I'm, glad we got, I'm glad we got to hear it. Ooh, such a good drop, it would be, it'd be a shame to waste it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I love this match. It's it's probably the greatest women's match in in WWE history. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah. I um yes, yeah, I would agree with that statement. Cool, excellent. I'm glad you do because I I sometimes watch this match and if I if I'm hungover and I watch this match because little secret side note about me if I'm hungover anything will set me off emotionally. You get a most, get right? A yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm the same. Let's watch it together and cry together. We... I think it'll be bonding. <laughs> But, like, I see them when they're doing it, and I'm, just, I'm so happy for them. <laughs> Living a dream. But it's, it's a great match. It really is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Bailey was kind of considered the weakest member of the Horsewomen. Um, that was later solidified when Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha went up, and she was left behind. The great promo package where they just showed the four of them, and they slowly faded Bailey out. And just, like, you're not on a yeah. level. It was so good. It was such a good... Um, yeah, the match is great, but the promo package was so well produced as well. And that adds to... There's a theme with this, right? Doing this podcast with you. I've noticed that a lot of matches that we talk about that have really affected us have really good promo packages as well. Mm. And I think that can, that can up the quality of a match, having a really good promo package and story behind it. You know? Every match needs a promo package. Every single one. Yeah. Because like, you go back and watch stuff and you forget little nuances of stuff that's been happening... And it just, it just, WE is great at that. It just brings you straight back in to what's been going on. I didn't, I didn't appreciate them that much until um, I started watching ECW and on the networks. I never watched ECW like week to week when I was a kid. And when you watch it, I've no idea what the fuck's going on because they don't have these promo packages, Mm. right? So it's, it's really difficult to understand who's feuded with who and why. And it's not until you see something without it. That you really, like we could go back and watch any WE pay per view from any year and be caught up pretty quickly on what's going on yeah. because of these promo packages. And yeah, they serve a great purpose and it's really good that they do them. So thanks to WE. We love you. Um and, and this match also so like Sasha been called up, so logically Sasha was gonna win this match. No, she was gonna lose this match, right? Because she's the main roster losing the title. But somehow they made you go, No, maybe Sasha can hold on to it. I don't know how NXT does that. They also did it with like Kevin Owens and stuff when when he went up and then had his title defense and you just go no nah, yeah, fuck yeah. it maybe they'll keep the title and still be on the main roster it, it it doesn't really make sense how they do it 
But no, it's great. When, when when I was watching this, I was like, I don't know if Bailey's going to win this. It'd be nice if she did, but who knows? Um, and the entrances are great with Sasha and her like coming out in the Humvee and getting the escorts up into the ring. I just like that. It was a nice time. Yes, also the entrances were rad, and the um, and did they do the? Was this just for the Iron Woman match, or did they do it for this one as well? When they do that really cool, um, sort of showing them backstage walking through Gorilla to start their entrance. I think that was only at respect. I don't think it was that was only at respect. Okay, well at at respect, that was awesome as well. And And they do that music. um, I love it when they do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the commentators didn't say a fucking word throughout the whole of the entrances, which I thought was which awesome. Is how it should that. always be. Yeah, it's great, gold winner. But um, yeah, the um, yeah coming out in the car was awesome with um, Sasha and Bailey. Stephanie McMahon, even though she's a glory hunter and always has to be there for the Paul Moons moments, actually did a great job. I thought um, sort of introducing this match when she was out in the ring beforehand. She did a good job. And the girls, Becky and Charlotte, coming out at the end and all four of them, sort of four horsewomen being all proud and that. Um, this was before that sort of shit was done to death. It got on my nerves in the end. It was like every time the women do anything good, everyone has to cry and congratulate each other. And it's like, no, that's not just fucking do it. Well, yeah, but, this is that moment is what sets off my emotion. But um, yeah, that's the, OK. That's OK for this. The, the actual match itself, um, Bailey had an injured hand a couple of weeks previously. She was also in Dusty uh, tribute gear because Dusty had just passed away. So there was kind of that like oh, yeah. that feeling about NXT's NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, the first one. Absolutely phenomenal. We're going to be doing our like favorite overall NXT TakeOvers. And this one is it's going to be up there. Spoilers for you now. One or two, definitely. Oh, oh God, God yeah. yeah. So, and just the match itself. Um, one of my favorite moments is Sasha when she's got the bank statement in after she's worked on, like, Bailey's hand and rammed it into the ring post and all that kind of stuff. And she's reaching for the ropes and Sasha's just kicking at her hand and, like, stomping on it, trying to get her to stop reaching for the ropes. That's exactly what a heel wrestler should be, especially a submission specialist. Yeah. Just like little, yeah, vicious. yeah, little like nuances like that just made it that much more entertaining. And then the reverse Rana from the top rope, which oh, just just makes you kind of look with one eye open, doesn't it? Those kind of moves. Fuck it, Sasha Banks um, is is going to get neck surgery one day, and she that that is the moment. Yep. <laughs> Of why the, t- the like, timing? She really clipped her head on that. Ooh, yeah, beautiful. And then she hits the the belly to belly and the crowd like you know the free count's coming but she locks in she slams it i think i was standing up when this happened because that that's that's when yeah. i know i'm invested i'm standing like a foot from the tv one two three crowd go insane bailey finally wins the championship and as you say sasha breaking down in tears and the four of them which you know like those iconic images in wrestling but when you live through them, you don't really appreciate them. That's going to be an iconic image in the future. The four of them with holding the, the symbol up um, is, yeah, just an unbelievable image to, to kind of end the night on. Yeah, I think so. It was great. Um, yeah, and it didn't, but that's the thing, it didn't end the night, right? So the oh, main yeah. event of this yeah. show was um, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens in a ladder match. What, and who would have thought that the women's match, you, I mean, you, the match of the show will be headlined by Prince Devitt, Kevin Steen in a ladder match, and it's not the best match on the card. Right. It's the best match on the card is the women's match. Like that—that's just incredible. They just couldn't follow it. Just to, 
no matter what they did, it was just a gas. Was it was a ladder match for God's sake? Yeah, absolutely mental. Um, another good bit in the Sasha Bailey match is, um, you know, when um, Bailey does a sort of roll backwards and go woo with her hands in the air and spins oh, around. Yeah. Um, when when Sasha Banks does that to sort of mock Bailey and then just slaps her in the face, <laughs> I really enjoy that. Oh, beautiful! <laughs> I love it. So, without a doubt, that that's the most. For for us anyway, and I think a lot of people would agree, just absolute favourite women's match um, of all time, really. Yeah, that was it. Was that this this was the game changer? Yeah, this is when they go. Okay, we we can take this somewhere. I think that was kind of the logic backstage, wasn't it? When well, we saw it with yeah. the next takeover. There's like um, I missed the remember the performance center series on the network. Or what uh, was it called? Yeah, Breaking, Breaking Ground. Ground. That was it. That was great, and that was dope. and they showed narrated by William Shatner. Yes, that was weird, but great. <laughs> it was, but they also it? showed it um, awesome. the build up to respect, where Triple H was like, "We want you to main event the show. It's going to be the first ever Iron Man match, and just the emotion with it all." And it was just like that's when they knew where they could take this. Yeah. So that was a fun podcast. That was a fun podcast. It was. Um, I very much enjoy speaking to the OJMO. Make sure you go follow him on Twitter. Uh, buy his merch. Go to his show. Support independent wrestling. Blah, 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 blah. What do his initials stand for? Well, this from? is the thing. He doesn't say it's like a secret, which is why ah. I didn't ask it. Because I know it's a secret that he keeps. Because he likes... He builds a character to himself, the Mystique. He does well. He's a yeah. We, you can tell from our interview, he's a very mysterious mm-hmm, chat. Exactly. So I haven't got a guest book for next week. I haven't figured out the top five for not sorry not next week in our fortnightly episode. So it, stay tuned to the twitters, and we'll tell you what's coming up. Jesse, where can they go? They can go to gotfive.com. Amen, brother. Thank you for doing this with me. It's always a pleasure. I like. I like doing something. Oh, um, calling spots by calling spots because um, it's a very good oh, yes. UK independent magazine um, about professional wrestling. It's probably the best one, and um, we have a nice little advert in there again. Yeah, um, we have one in the last issue. We got uh, one in there again, uh, which is awesome. So thank you to them yeah. for this is just them being nice and just doing it for us, which I think is really sweet. Yeah, they're awesome. They're good good people, and it's a good mag. Exactly. So go to Calling Spots and Buy That Magazine. Becky Lynch is on the cover, and you can do with that what you want. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in. We'll be back in a fortnight's time with a brand new top five and hopefully another interview if I can be bothered to book one. I, you're, you're a salesman. <laughs> um, have a lovely fortnight, Jesse, and I will only speak to you in two weeks' time. Oh, yeah okay I'll, I'll I'll see you in five minutes <laughs> cool love you love, love you. everyone listening thanks bye